Hello and welcome to the Confusion to Clarity podcast. This podcast is for anybody who needs that reminder that they really are capable of achieving amazing things. Each week, we will be diving deep into all things mindset, manifestation, and spirituality. Hosted by me, Natalie, a clinical hypnotherapist, psychotherapist, coach, mum, and lover of all things mindset and manifestation. When listening, I want to give you a break from reality. I'm going to share with you the tools and techniques that you need to make your goals reality so you can stop playing small. Hello and welcome back. I hope everybody has had a good week and if you've been on half term, you've enjoyed that too. For me, the week just flew by. Did I get the balance between mum and work life right? I'm not sure. (laughs) I did spend a large part of my week driving my three around. I don't know if any other parents feel like this too, that you were just like an Uber driver. Honestly, my kids have a way better social life than me. Um, But that said, on Friday, I had a really lovely day out with them. I made sure that, you know, I was not thinking about work. And I think anybody else who has their own business can relate to this, that when you do work for yourself, you are thinking about that 24-7. It can be really hard to shut off and not think about it. So I made a real conscious effort on Friday to not think about anything that I, you know, need to do or should have done before we went out or that I need to do tomorrow I really just made sure that I was in the present moment. Um, and it was a really lovely day. I enjoyed you know, spending time in their company. It made me realize like just how fast they're growing up. Um, and yeah, it was just such a nice day and it really kind of reminded me the importance of having that balance. A lot of my work with clients actually centers around limiting beliefs. So looking at things that are stopping them being and believing that they are worthy of achieving all the things that they desire. So if we have a belief in our subconscious mind, then we're going to see that play out in our physical world. Now, this can be positive, for example, and if you knowing your worth and having clear boundaries, but it can also be a negative, perhaps feeling not worthy, and in turn, that then holding you back and keeping you playing small continually. This week, I wanted to share five habits that we need to break in order to become the best versions of ourselves. So I want to just kind of caveat this to start with by just saying that obviously some limiting beliefs and habits are incredibly deeply ingrained and you may find that you need to work on those beliefs and thoughts with a therapist. And if you feel this is you, I just wanted to mention here that I do offer a free Zoom call to anybody who wants to find out more about working with me and how sessions can support you. Um, So if you want to find out more, all my details are linked below in the show notes. So number one is comparison. Comparison is the thief of joy. If we are constantly focusing our attention outwardly, then we're never going to see our strengths. Comparison is also incredibly draining and our current world feeds comparison. Now we've all heard the phrase keeping up with the Joneses, which in the past may have made us you know, aware of people in our close proximity and what they were doing. But now we have the wonders of social media to catapult that into a whole new stratosphere. If we are feeling a lack and comparing ourselves, then social media is the perfect place to highlight just how low we feel. For example, look, oh look, there's so-and-so, they want another amazing holiday, or that person has met the man of their dreams. We are bombarded with images and videos of people looking perfect, displaying these equally as amazing lives. 
So if we're in that place of lack and comparison, it can be really easy to see these images and feel inferior. And I think the first point here is to kind of highlight that 99% of what we see online isn't totally accurate. Obviously, people are only going to show the best parts of their life, the filtered, glamorized versions. So resentment makes us feel worse. And obviously, whatever we are focusing our attention on, we're going to attract more of into our life. There's a part of our brain called the reticular activating system. And this is a really important part of your brain to know and understand about, particularly when it comes to comparison or feelings of you know low self-worth. So the reticular activating system is a bit like a Google search engine. So we feed in a belief and then it will look for evidence to back up that belief. So if, for example, you are feeling lack and you're comparing yourself to other people, you know, you might see that person online who's on this amazing holiday and then your reticular activating system, because you're thinking about it negatively, is going to find evidence to back up what you're thinking. So yeah, do you know what? It's right. We haven't been on holiday for two years. Um, You know, maybe... Um, you know, I can't afford to go on a holiday right now, or, you know, again, all these negative connotations that back up your belief. We can use this in a positive way just to to counter that. If you are thinking about how you want to be and feel, then that part of your brain is going to look for evidence to support the new, more positive beliefs. An example of this working, um, for those of you who drive or, you know, have ever got a new car, when you first got that car, did you see more of that make and model that specific colour on the road? Now, it's not that there was suddenly a mass production of that car, you know, in that specific style. It's just that you are in tune to look out for it. So it's really highlighting here, wherever you are focusing your attention is what you're going to notice around you, which is in turn going to affect how you feel. And I know it's not easy Um, you know, when we see those images of people and places to to kind of not feel, you know, those negative emotions. But what we need to try and do is reframe that and see it as a guide from the universe that all these things that we are seeing are absolutely possible for us too. And if you're feeling like it isn't, then it's about addressing those limiting beliefs and those negative thoughts so you can start to see that they are. You know, use these thoughts as a guide to direct you in the direction in which you want to go. So if, for example, you're comparing your relationship, you know, to one you've seen online, well, what elements of the one you're comparing yours to are areas that you could focus on and work on within your own relationship? And, you know, we live in an abundant universe. I always say to clients, you know, trust the process and that you know, what is meant for us isn't going to pass us by. It's our job to feel as good as we possibly can in the moment, you know, to be that platform to allow more in. But as humans, we like to know the who, what, where, why and when, Um, you know, when will it happen? But again, it's really hard, you know, when we talk about like surrendering and trusting the process. But, you know, what is meant for us, like I said, will not pass us by. It's trusting that everything is happening in divine timing. It's trusting the process, surrendering to the process, but really focusing back. How do I want to be? How do I want to feel? As opposed to focusing your attention, you know, negatively outwards. Um, You know, again, like I said, focusing on what you don't have. Another thing here to to bring, um, bring up is to count your blessings so of course it's you know totally fine to strive and aspire to have more but it's important to acknowledge what we already are blessed to have and I think that's the thing if we're constantly looking at what we you know what we want what we don't have we're not 
acknowledging what we have right here right now which is where practicing gratitude comes in because it really is the foundation to call anything into your life you know more of what you want um when you were looking at what you already have you will notice actually that it begins to dilute those feelings of comparison number two is get out of your comfort zone now our subconscious minds like familiarity not necessarily what is good for it and we've all seen this happen in ourselves you know we have a thought we're going to change a job or you know end a relationship and we think about all the positive changes that that is going to make but then we hear that voice in our head that pipes up and says something like oh yeah but and then insert your reason for example if it's a job yeah I heard there's a real shortage of jobs at the moment you know the economic climate isn't great I should stick with where I am because you know what it's safe and secure even though it doesn't make me happy or you know if it's a relationship for example maybe you tell yourself well you've been together a really long time you know you've got that history there it's easier just to stay together because the job of our subconscious mind is to protect us and keep us safe. So if we did something yesterday and we stayed alive and well, then our subconscious mind is going to encourage us to do the same thing again the next day. And it's incredibly persuasive. And this is why people suffer with obsessive compulsive disorders. So in this case, what we notice is that we will keep staying small, we'll stay in the cosy confines of our comfort zone, Um, we don't make those positive changes, meaning that we never grow and evolve. So now you understand your brain and you can see that it's seeing change as a threat, you can be kinder to yourself and I think that's really vital when it comes to making change, is to calm that noise in your mind so you can begin to tune inwards and listen to your gut you know, how can you do this? How do you want to be? How do you want to feel? And get clear too. So like I said, how do you want to be? How do you want to feel? Break this down into manageable steps because overwhelm is going to push you straight back into that part of your brain that wants you to stay kind of familiar and safe. So in situations like this, I always do brain dumping um, where you take a piece of paper and you write out everything that is on your mind, big, small, just literally list it out. But getting it out of your head and onto a piece of paper allows you to then feel clearer, but then allows you to look at, okay, well, what's my next logical action step that I can take? And there's that saying, isn't it, that I think it's, isn't it a dream written down becomes a goal? A goal broken down into steps becomes a plan, and a plan by A plan backed by action makes your dreams come to reality. It's probably written better than how I've just said that. (laughs) But you get the gist. Um, And it's okay to ask for help. You don't have to do it all by yourself. You know, seek support from someone you trust who's been there. You know, book an appointment with a therapist. Number three is waiting for the perfect time. There is never going to be a perfect time if we are constantly waiting for you know, planets to align, Mercury to not be in retrograde, etc. We are never going to take action. We can think of all the excuses under the sun, but again, it comes back to that point of our subconscious, not liking change, trying to keep us in that place of familiarity. And it's a story that we continue to tell ourselves, you know, not the right time, maybe next week, maybe next month, maybe next year. So to counter this, make a list of all your achievements, the things that you've done, you know, things that you're proud of, times when you've started something new and it went well, 
and just list them out and read back over it. And, you know, and if that seed of doubt comes in, go back over it again, pin it up somewhere that you'll see it. If you're struggling to think of examples for yourself, then research somebody who has an inspiring story where they, you know, overcame adversity, they, you know, just made it happen. Read their autobiography, listen to their podcast. You know, the more you can surround yourself with that positivity, the more it's going to, you know, help you to reassure you and give you that positive nudge that you need to to get moving towards your goal. Number four is distractions. Okay, first one here, put your phone away. We are so addicted to our phones. And statistics show that on average, people check their phones every 12 minutes. I mean, I personally think it would be less than that. And nearly 50% of people said they felt anxiety when their phone wasn't around. And when I read that, I actually totally related because the other day I popped out and realized that I hadn't put my phone in my bag. So my immediate thought was, oh, I'm gonna have to go back and get it. But I wasn't going to be out for a long time. So I thought, really, no, it's fine. Like, and I just thought, I'm not going all the way back. Just go and get it, like leave it. But it did really trigger me. And then it got me thinking about, well, the first 20 years of my life, I didn't have a phone. Growing up as a teenager, I didn't have a phone, showing my age. I think I was like 20. Yeah, I think I was like 20, 21 when I first got a phone. Um, so, you know, we managed then without one, but we're so addicted to them now. It's like, almost like, well, it's one of the first things I pick up when I go out the door. It's like phone, keys, and I'm sure everybody else can relate to that too. And I was actually having a conversation with my husband about this recently. So he loves the Super Bowl, um, but when it was on, he couldn't stay up to watch it because it was like really late, like early hours of our morning. He had work, so he recorded it and then was going to watch it the like next evening. And then that day, obviously, he didn't want to know the score or anything about you know the game. So he had to resist the urge to pick up his phone and go on any form of social media all day. And he said it really highlighted to him how much he picked up his phone unconsciously throughout the day. Because obviously every time he went to pick it up, he was like, oh God, no, I don't want to know what the score is. And if you can't help but give in to the urge of checking social media, then move the apps to a different part of your phone. So like the last page, maybe within another folder. So these kind of did sort of interventions act as breakers for those automatic habits if you're picking up your phone you kind of just unconsciously scroll to the I know Instagram TikTok app without even noticing if you've then got to have you know scroll a few pages along and then into another folder what it's going to do is give you that moment to just sort of question should I be doing this right now um, and again with all the points that I'm making here it is again about your subconscious mind sensing danger and trying to intervene keep you kind of back in that place of familiarity so time block out your day so with time blocking if you're not familiar with the technique it's about blocking out sections of your day or the hours of your working day so let's just say it started at eight it finished at five then you assign tasks to those specific hours of the day. It really helps to hold you accountable, um, to be more productive. And at the end of the day, you can go back and actually look over what you've done and feel much more accomplished. I did read a technique once about breaking phone addiction and that was to put a hairband over your phone. So the idea being that you'd have to remove the hairband in order to kind of like use your phone. And again, creating that intervention between you know the unconscious habit of just picking it up looking at it opening the screen so again I've not tried that personally so if you try it let me know how it works for you 
again with distractions, maybe this is just me, um, food and drink, it's so easy to sit there, you know, thinking, oh, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, I'm just going to go and get a snack. And it's not, it's, it's boredom eating at the end of the day, isn't it? So if you have, you know, something you're working on or there's a goal that you're trying to achieve, look at, you know, looking after yourself. So stop and make time to, you know, have a proper meal. So plan out your meals, including the snacks. Make sure you have drinks on hand because we all do it. You know, you think, oh, actually, I'm thirsty. I'll go make a cup of coffee or a cup of tea. While the kettle's boiling, you grab your phone, you start scrolling, and before you know it, five, ten minutes has passed, or maybe everyone else has more self-discipline than me. (laughs) Um, Create a positive distraction. So find something that motivates and inspires you to keep going. So I mentioned about, um, you know, time blocking, but then factor in, like, rewards, in inverted commas. So allocate time to stop and go on your phone if that's your thing, or go for a walk, or some other kind of reward that's going to keep motivating you to, you know, make these positive changes that you want to make. Um, Another one that I really like doing is to create um, a playlist. So when we're listening to songs that, you know, make us feel good, remind us of happy times, or just a really upbeat song that we love, we begin to release dopamine, which is one of our feel-good hormones. And I think music is just such a powerful motivator. And as a side note here, if you struggle to get out of bed in the morning, create a morning playlist. So when your alarm goes off, put it on and just notice how much more enthused you feel about the day, especially if it's still like dark in the mornings and things. The other technique um, that I use myself, I really love, is called the five second rule. So I learned about this technique from Mel Robbins. If you've not heard of her, go and check her out Um, but she has a really good book called the five second rule so the five second rule is about making a mental countdown in your mind from five to zero so when you hit zero then you immediately stop what you're doing and move on to the thing that you should be doing so for example in the morning your alarm goes off and then you're tempted to hit the snooze button it's at that point you would count from five to zero in your head and on the count of zero it's like right boom I'm getting up I'm getting out of bed So the idea of counting backwards is that obviously it's not as easy to then keep going down into negative numbers, whereas if you count it up, it's much easier to keep going and convince yourself not to move. So that is is a really effective technique for lots of different areas of your life. So you can give that one a go. Let me know how you get on with that too. And number five, the final point, is to accept help. We don't have to do it all alone. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to share the burden and lighten the load. It is not a sign of weakness. In fact, trying to do it all ourselves is a major contributing factor to burnout, stress and overwhelm. So if you find it hard to ask for help, start by asking yourself why you dislike that. You know, did you have a bad experience in the past? Maybe growing up, did you have to be resourceful and solve your own problems? Maybe it's a pride thing. So start to ask yourself, you know, in this way, like, how did this start? Where did this come from? And challenge those thoughts and ask yourself now, how true are they in the current world that you're living in? Journaling is a really good technique to use for this. Um, So if you're struggling to ask for help, but maybe you're not sure why, take your journal, write the question at the top of the page. For example, you know, why do I dislike asking for help? quieten your mind and then start writing and just write and just get it all out Um, and then you can sort of go back over that and you might start to notice a pattern or a theme appearing 
that you can then start to reframe in your mind and like I said challenge those beliefs are they true what would happen if I did accept help you know actually it would be hugely beneficial until you start to have that more balanced viewpoint in your mind another way to overcome this is to put yourself on the other side so if your friend or partner was asking for your help in this situation what would you say you know what would you think and I'm pretty sure all of us would say of course it'd help you know would only be too pleased you know we love seeing other people succeed so if we can you know support them in doing that then of course we'll do whatever we can but like I said when you begin to think in this way you are reframing those negative thoughts about yourself and within your own mind and seek professional support and again I've mentioned this in the two previous points above but it relates to all the five points that I've mentioned Therapy is an amazing safe space to express how you're feeling, to vent those fears and frustrations in a neutral environment. But what it also does is helps you to find ways to cope better, to allow yourself to accept help. So for example, when I'm working with clients, it's not just about helping them to release the things of the past, but it's also about helping them to develop tools and techniques that can support them way beyond our time together. So just to recap those five points, the five habits you need to break to be the best version of yourself. So number one, comparison. Number two was to get out of your comfort zone. Number three was to stop waiting for the perfect time and just do it anyway. Number four was to avoid distractions and notice them. And number five is acknowledging to yourself that it's okay to ask for help. We don't have to do it all on our own. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, then I would hugely appreciate you sharing it with somebody else who would enjoy it too. Also, if you haven't already, please leave a review, download. It really, really helps me to get this podcast out to even more people. So thank you so much for listening. Have an amazing week and I will speak to you again soon.